Welcome, everybody. It's October 9th. I'm Forbes Tech columnist Charlie Fink. I'm here with my friend and co-host Ed Shilowitz, the futurist at Paramount Pictures. And our guest host this week is Chandra Devam, who is the co-founder and CEO of ArisMD, uh, which, among other things, creates x-ray visions for doctors to properly find the things that are inside of you before they cut you open. Chandra, welcome, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Now, uh, let me take up uh, a string that we were uh, playing with yeah. before we started recording. Um, you and Ted have done karaoke before. Is that how you know him? Is that what you were saying to me? That is how I know him. <laughs> so it was, I think, after your book signing in uh, at AWE, some mutual friends, um, Fleur and Leanne, who are also interesting gals, have a great company, um, somehow always get people You know, to Leanne's last name is Frisbee. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because, you know, my dog would love her. <laughs> no, she's amazing. But whenever I see them, I know I'm not going to sleep anytime soon because we're going to end up at karaoke or something else. Um, yeah, they're producers. But yeah, they're not they are, real yeah. producers because they don't pick up the check. <laughs> well, I don't know how that system works, but they I know they're in movies, which is very different than my industry. So I never know any of the, the movie people or the, the entertainment industry part. I'm starting to know them. So we were all karaokeing. It's funny because Angelo from HP Ventures was there. It was an interesting mix. And Ted was singing, and I hadn't met him before, but I was like, oh, he's clearly like a professional. He's with like CCR. He's like, <laughs> obviously, and I'm, I felt embarrassed because I didn't know who he was because I'm not really plugged in. And I said to Fleur, who, who's that guy? Like, what band is he with? Like, I should say I'm a fan. Like, he's really good. And she's like, no, he's not a singer. He's with Paramount. And I was like, he should be a singer. Like, <laughs> I would buy that album. He's incredible. So, well, you know, I, um, I, I, have, I am a guitar player and I have been in a dad band for decades. I know uh, that Ted, about I, so you. You have a guitar in the background in your office, right? Yes, yeah, so so you're so you're giving me way 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 too much credit. I mean, no. I could certainly hold a tune, but I would be no. very much kicked out. Of well, maybe the competition that night made exaggerated tests. No, there was no, he's good. He's being modest. And Charlie, I know you're pretty good because I think we were at a Fender party at and you and Scott. Actually, my co-founder is really good on the guitar. Yeah, too. he's he's you really really good. You too. Yeah. You were too. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, we're all I mean, everybody is bad at the Fender party. <laughs> well, <laughs> well a few drinks, maybe. <laughs> as we as we talk about it, I appreciate the compliment. I, I, and people have said I sort of sound a little like Cat Stevens, or, or you know, that, that sort of. No, absolutely, and I don't give um, disingenuous compliments. You're you're very good. <laughs> and but but I will give a, a shout out to our continued virtualization of the world, which we were just talking about before we started our, our podcast mm -hmm. today. There's a great app, Charlie, you and I, you should actually join our band. Um, so we have, there are three uh, people in our little band, um, Joel, Casey, and me, and we have, it was Casey's idea, he's a musician and he plays keyboards and he's really good. Um, and during the pandemic, we all hop on this software called Jam Kazam which is a virtualization of like music jam software that you can do remotely and it deals with all the latency issues and essentially it tries to sync everything up 
and they've been updating it recently and it gets better and better. So I will absolutely give a shout out to them because we use it like every other week we gather up in the evening and I grab my guitar and I'm the singer and Joel is the drummer and Casey's the keyboard player. Well, and you we, need a bass player. I'm down. And there you go. So you should join our little, our little band, Charlie. And it's, it's actually really fun. Here's, here's my 67 precision ready to play at any Love time. It. Nice. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do it in the next week or so. I'm, I'm actually uh, traveling this week. I'm on the East Coast, so this is... Which is just crazy to me. What is it like traveling, Ted? Who's out there and what are you wearing? So you know what I'll do, Charlie? As, as an appendix to this podcast, I will send you a little YouTube playlist I made of my, uh, what I refer to as my airport buyout experience of LAX. Because my wife and I, three days ago, flew from Los Angeles to Florida nonstop on Delta, which is the right way to fly because they keep the, the seats empty. And for those that track, and, and, and Chandra, I know you probably track mm-hmm. the statistics a lot because you're in the medical field. The incidence of actually um, acquiring COVID on an airplane is extraordinarily low because everyone is wearing a mask by mandate. We wear masks mm-hmm. and these shields. Like we got, um, we go, shields. We go through the like battle deal, right? So, so this, yeah. we, we wear these when we, when we travel and they're completely fine. They're very comfortable and they're, they're easy to wear. Um, so, but the crazy part, we had a morning flight. I think it was an 8 a.m. flight. And LAX was a ghost town. Like, and I just started taking my phone and shooting these videos. There was no one at the airport. You could get a seat. Because that's an airport I can never get a seat at. You could get any seat. Like, it was unbelievable. Now, the plane was about half full. But yes. the flights even though it was a Delta domestic flight, we checked in in the domestic terminal and then they had us, they said, you can either walk over to the international terminal or you can take a shuttle. And we looked at each other, yeah, we are definitely not taking the shuttle. We will walk over. So we walked with our carry-on luggage about 10 minutes to Tom Bradley and that's where the Delta domestic flight flew out of because they're limiting the structure. So I thought, oh, it's gonna be really busy in there. Not a soul. Not at all, huh? Wow. Bradley is, Bradley well, is really I- elbow to elbow. Yeah, and I know that, and I, I, Delta might be one of the uh, people, a lot of the airlines um, have partnered with a company named Dimer that does UVC um, cleaning of the airplanes between, um, and, and that's really good. That's one of the, the, the technologies that they're saying, oh yeah, that absolutely kills it. So I think we're going to see safer air travel now. Um, regardless of yeah, what happens. in general, it was a safer experience. Yeah, I don't know how often things were being cleaned, but now it's making us really aware of, you need to clean public spaces. You know, not just for COVID, there's strep, there's pink eye, kids lick things, you know, so I think that's, I think it'll be a good thing. Yeah, we're just all learning to be a little more cognizant of it, right, which makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Chandra, I suspect many yeah. of our guests don't know who you are. Can we, can we talk a little bit about your company and, and, what you guys are engaged with right now. I know some of it is secret NASA space stuff. You won a prestigious award from them last year. I did, um, I won several. I also know that your uh, medical business yeah. uh, also continues to grow. So maybe you can give us an update on what's going on. We used to see each other five times know, a year. we did. Now, and now we're lucky to catch a few minutes on Zoom. So I know. Uh, catch us up, catch us up on what's going on. Um, so Eris, you know, is one of the companies that does x-ray vision for surgical overlay, surgical planning. Um, we have some competitive edge there. We're able to, we have our own rendering, so we don't use Unity. We built our own. Um, we also can diagnose rockets and 
have x-ray vision into things like that. So any faults that you have there. So we've got a lot of verticals. The medical stuff's picking up right now. And funny enough, like mental health um, is one that I hadn't uh, pursued, but one that we are, I don't know, I'm getting a Zoom, sorry. Um, one that we're interested in and the ability to scan brains and measure um, serotonin levels and do some psychiatric um, diagnostics. Of, is somebody bipolar? Are they schizophrenic? And the chemical compound makeup in their brain, how that differs. So that's exciting. Lots, lots is going on with us. Um, we're able to do virtual autopsies. So we're studying the effects of COVID um, in different areas. Um, so we've been pretty busy. So my company, best summed up, we have x-ray vision into anything. We're superheroes. <laughs> you're, you're that ad in the back of the comic books that actually came to life. Actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome>. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's so funny. I just used that metaphor of the back of the old comic books. I was talking about Kickstarter, right? Because usually when yeah. you order yes. from Kickstarter, it's like ordering mm -hmm. the sea monkeys from the back mm -hmm. of those old comic books. And even though it was really cheap, you were inevitably extremely disappointed. Did you order from them? Item. I did. I ordered from them. Oh yeah, All I got. I definitely got sea monkeys when I was a kid. I did too. I was like, oh, where's the castle? It's just little shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> There's no castle and family. Exactly. Where's the Where's the castle in the back of the <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So um. We are less disappointing. We're actually, we are, I undersell what we do. Well, again, I'm, I'm joking. I was actually pivoting to yeah. uh, actually one of our top stories this week because mm -hmm. cardboard of AR is back, baby. Zap box. Uh, yeah. they, did, they did a Kickstarter four years ago uh, and delivered this sort of literally cardboard that you fold it up like some kind of very complex origami. And then, you know, the torn and crushed thing that you finally came out with, you jammed your phone into and it, it bounced off a mirror with a kind of um, super low budget Pepper's ghost uh, experience. And, and, and they used paper markers to anchor their experiences to planes. Okay. Yeah. Of course, a lot has changed in smartphone technology since 2000. Yeah. And six, of course, all that plane detection is now built into iPhones and Android phones. So they're yeah. taking another crack at it. And it's actually, this time, I think it's ingenious. I think it's going to work. Because it's, it's a sturdy little plastic holder, not unlike those things I've been joking about for years, that mm -hmm. hang an iPhone off of your hat so you can watch a sporting event. This is actually a pair of glasses. I don't know. The weight thing is a concern to me because it's yeah. quite heavy to put on the bridge of your nose. Um, but what it looks like is they're going to put your smartphone here and do a, a kind of augmented reality called pass-through. So he's not in his main field of view seeing the real world. He's looking into his camera. And right. he's seeing the real world captured in pretty close to zero latency real time. Yeah, you know more than humans can perceive, um, and <clears throat> and then the the augmented reality is mixed into the digital view of of reality, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and so of course using pass-through any pass-through device here. will also do virtual reality. Yeah, exactly. Because by definition, you just turn off the outside and you're in yeah. the virtual reality. So uh, this has a lot of potential to work. It um, 
It's nothing like the, the amalgamated vision we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that. For, for those of you listening, uh, amalgamated vision is um, a company that Chandra's friend um, has been doing. How long have they been at it? They've been at it for a while. I would. Uh, it's a super stealth thing, right? Yeah, they were stealth, and he's got all his patents and was working with um, retired Kodak people for the visualization. It's really so, good. So tell us how that device works, because that's a whole different idea again. So that's a device I'm pretty excited to partner with, honestly. Um, so I'm getting a lot of doctors saying, is this on the market? We want to pilot your stuff with this. Um, it sits on the face, and it beams a laser directly into the viewer's eye. Um, so it's corrective. You don't need to wear contact lenses with it. Um, it gives you better than 2020 vision, um, and it is the best display I have ever seen. I was blown away by it. Um, he's a radiologist. He's one of the top radiologists in the world. Brilliant guy, um, but incredible with imaging. Um, so I'm pretty excited. He just won the NASA award that I won, one of the top ones, the top one actually that they give the public. And this, I think, is the first AR company glasses company that won. I know Mojo was one of the companies that won with him, which is also yeah, AR, but um, they're uh, Mojo I, does pretty contact, excited about this. Mojo does contact lenses for those of, again, for those who uh, aren't, aren't aware of them. And they've raised, I think, about $150 million or $200 million from the top in Valley DC. They've so done very they well. Thing. Yeah, they've focused on um, the... the um, uh, sighting purely but not completely blind and and trying to help them with night vision and things like that so where they think Adam stuff is going to replace every display we use honestly and it sits on your face but they could easily do a pancake contact do you, do you have a, do a, a prototype that you've used I've used a prototype yeah yeah I'd like to see what they're doing because a number of years back, I met with a number of companies uh, out of Israel that were doing this type of technology that were basically beaming the visual into your retina using yeah. advanced, very fast scan lasers. And at that point, you had to really be uh, very bold with your safety concerns because it's a laser that they're shining into your eyes. So you had to sign all of these, you know, like, it's going to be safe, it's going to be safe. And then they dropped this big, like, bucket of, like, you know, indemnification that they want you to sign. And you're like, mm, I don't know. And, yeah. but, but I did it and it did work and it was primitive, but it worked. And it sounds like this solution is getting much more evolved. In terms oh of yeah. Well, and because he's a doctor, he went over all those concerns and he's so careful. He's actually a little bit too careful. I tried to get him to talk to Charlie a couple of years ago. I'm like, Charlie, you got to see this tech. It's amazing. And he was like, oh, I'm I'm not ready for Charlie Fink. So now I think he is ready for Charlie Fink. I think the NASA um, award like boosted him. Who are they even talking about it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think between <laughs> solutions like that and solutions like a Stendo charter that you know I'm involved in that are oh, yeah. doing these ultra, ultra small micro displays, we are going mm -hmm. to see a productization viability. Like the challenge with what we have right now is we don't really have productization viability yet, right? We don't have the right components yet to do mixed reality correctly. We have the right components to do virtual reality correctly and they're gonna get better and it's gonna get lighter and it's gonna get more nimble. But the mixed reality side is still light. very much a science. Yeah. I would say this one, I mean, with NASA getting behind it, they'll get funding. I think we're gonna see some in the next year, some big stuff out of them, which is yeah. exciting for me. Um, Cause we were looking for, because we do surgery, something light for the doctors to have that isn't encumbering because they need to look down and they need their field of view not to be 
um, right, right, right. interrupted at all, right? Um, so I was pretty excited they won that. Because so I think we'll see some good stuff out of them. Yeah, for sure you should connect Charlie and I to them. We would love to. Yeah, I would absolutely, of course. And he's such a sweetheart. Great. So uh, move, moving right along here through the week's news, which was, you know, there was nothing really yeah. that big or dramatic, just to usual announcement mm -hmm. about um, mostly startup companies. Uh, one of the startups that I've been following and I'm quite interested in is a company called Virtuix Omni. And they have a system where you have overshoes on, like sort of, you know, galoshes with ball bearings in the bottom. And you step into this dish, right? It's like a plastic, very, very slippery dish. Mm -hmm. And you're a harness. Mm-hmm. And of your headset, and mm -hmm. now you can fully locomote inside the virtual reality. But mm -hmm. your are the mouse, if you will. Mm -hmm. you know, there's no teleporting now. It's like real reality. Yeah, so yeah. that's the. Um, so of course they've been mostly in VR kits. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and you know they've been doing esports thing that HTC and. Um, HP have supported and yeah. uh, has lots of prize money and, and, and they're generally pretty nice guys. Uh, and they are a very innovative company actually. So they've obviously been slammed. Everybody in the uh, location-based VR business has absolutely been killed, e even though a lot of them are still denying it. And I, I feel bad for them, even though they say I couldn't. But um, that company started out <clears throat> making their devices for the home. Yeah. And, and they pivoted to VR because it, it was just too hard to do the home. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's and, and there is obviously a lot of software. So I think they saw, you know, a couple of companies have pivoted. For example, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the company that's doing Supernatural, which mm -hmm. is an Oculus Quest sort of Beat Saber meets Peloton kind of experience where you subscribe and you get classes and, and you do things that are music-based exercises in VR. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> it's quite popular. I don't know the numbers exactly, but I do know a lot of people are enthusiastic about it. It's got great buzz on social. Uh, and, um, and so Virtuix, I think, has looked at this. And <clears throat> you know, one of the things they've got going as an eSport is that it is very physical. I mean, these harnesses are super robust. That's part yeah. of the reason that it's better in an LBVR than it is in the home because it's heavy. You need to get it kind of anchored if it's going to hold a 200 man, a running 200 man, pound man's body. Yeah. It has to be held in place by this harness. Have you demoed it? I have demoed it. Um, and it's very physical. I mean, oh, I think it's brilliant when the, I looked at it. The quality of it is, is the best part of it. Pairing um, that with haptics is like the dream you sweat you're running from them zombies and you are running yes yeah, so, yeah. so here's my uh here's my kind of positive criticism of <laughs> essentially what seems to be this week's theme in this week in xr is what i refer to as the value of small ball right mm -hmm. so we talked about zapper Zapper's a wonderful company they're lovely people charlie and i always have a good time with them at awe at a dinner every year yeah, they're, but they're, innovative. You know, they're they're 30 or 40 50 person company. This is yeah. a, you know, a, a medium sized startup. But they're innovative and they're pushing the envelope. But ultimately what we learn, and this is a very positive 
sort of base criticism, you and I will definitely buy one of those things. It's 40 bucks on Kickstarter. We're going to have one. We had the cardboard yeah. ones. We have these. We experiment with everything. But yeah. what has been proven over and over again with the big ball, the medium ball, and the small ball guys is mm -hmm. that using the smartphone as this intermediary device is essentially a non-starter. It doesn't go anywhere. We'll do it because we need to do it because it's our job, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. but from a consumerization standpoint, what's been proven with the, you know, event, the, the advent of the evolution of Gear VR into the Oculus Go and the Oculus Quest is people don't want to use their smartphone to strap it into something else, not at mm -hmm. scale and not at viability. Now, where Zapper might find a market, which is kind of interesting, is for industrial purposes, for kind of your purposes in medical, where yeah. you actually just buy the dedicated smartphone. It's not yeah. your smartphone, it's just the display device. But at that point, what we learn is that what people actually really want is just the integrated display device. They don't want to use mm -hmm. a phone. The phone kind of lowers the cost of entry for a developer, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's the wrong choice. And what has mm -hmm. we, Charlie, you and I know our buddies at a smaller startup called Mira that was doing a very similar idea, right? They had these walrus lenses and they put the phone up top and it worked really good. It was great. But like the idea of that consumerizing was never going to happen. So they pivoted. Right. They, they made I a device for schools, honestly. Manufacture, but they still had a problem, which was how do you sell this to consumers? Right. Right. So I could see it for schools because the barrier of entry with schools, I mean, so I also philanthropically teach a program. And the cost of the Oculus Go was pretty low, but still it's a couple hundred and yep. like a $40 thing that you can slap on and say, hey, kids, let's have a virtual museum tour is pretty valuable. Most kids have a smartphone now. Oh, and there's lots of old phones yeah. lying around that you could dedicate yeah. stick into one of these things. It's just the trying to use your own phone because yeah. then you get phone calls and you get texts and it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Oh, so yeah. that's the trouble. Right. What, you know, if I go to all that trouble, there better be a pretty substantial and easily apprehensible immediate Correct. satisfaction, right? That's why people do things, right? They yeah. are asking them. So I do, wanna, I do wanna encourage these folks. I want them to keep going, but I just want them to be aware that they're very much living in the world of small ball. They're yeah. never yeah. gonna this get is, that. This is an insider insider. Although I would say right? back to the harness. Find out about that box. That harness. I thought was incredibly brilliant. I can see that for kids. Like right now with COVID in Canada, kids aren't able to do gym. If a school had hundred of these, go do gym. It'll be fun. Get your aggression out. Your teacher can mark while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I can also see it for training purposes, like in the military or at NASA or in the aerospace industry. I saw that immediately with haptic. That's so good. Like, what are they priced at? Do you know? It's it going to be a thousand bucks. Pardon? That's not uh, bad. Thousand bucks, but it's a. I'd pay for that. So it comes with fifty pieces of content, and I guess a, a promise that they'll keep adding to it. Um, okay. But there aren't obviously a lot of apps that are, you know, uh, that allow Can you adjust you to the height. That locomotion, they would build that into to the apps. So until they're. Do you know if they're height adjustable? Like, yeah, could you yeah, use yeah, it for kids? Yeah, you can use it for kids. So yeah, I'm going to get one I've used these things for years. Like we've used yeah, I'll get one. every trade show for years. Again, the problem is it's really difficult to scale these things. It's very difficult yeah. to put these into a home. It's fine for LBE, but as a business, it's a really difficult thing to see any realistic scale with it. It's a great idea and it works fine for certain applications. It's just the realistic understanding of what's going to go mass market and what's not is 
Zapper's great, but they're probably not going to go mass market. And the Omnitread is great, but it's probably not going to go mass market. Have they um, looked at partnering with um, fitness? Yeah, they're Training doing it in it. gyms and LBEs and stuff. So they'll get some, I mean, they'll be able to sustain a business with it, but it's just not, yeah. it's not, not going to be the, yeah. Oh. Right, we're not gonna we're not gonna walk around and see a, an Omni set up in every house the way we see a, a a game console. Right, but we need these things. Like it's important for innovation for companies to keep pushing the envelope because eventually someone will figure out the forty nine dollar version. Well, we'll yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can see it. Maybe not that one, but once they they can figure out how to make it fit under your couch or you know small enough that it's not going to be encumbering space. Right. Starting in 19, in the early 90s, I had all sorts of little cheap MP3 players that I was playing with. Yeah. The idea that you could carry around, you know, this was, you know, even before the first iPod came out. Yeah. Right? Basically, there was a whole world of these cheap storage devices for music. On the mini disc players, too. Yeah. yeah you know, so I think that what you see is a yeah. lot of these little things you know, as kind of foreshadowing mm -hmm. for the larger, really commercial thing that comes exactly. later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you don't, you don't get to the iPod until you have the 30 other, we wish we were an iPod thing, right? Yeah. And if you go back in time, we've already had the right, like mass market, it went to market and it was a mass market success, fitness for the home tied to a gaming system, which was the Wii Fit. And it yeah. worked great and it was like you said you can slide it under your couch and it was a exactly yeah yeah i had one yeah, yeah. you could do so, yoga you could bowl yeah actually the wii fit was great but you're right that's a good point yeah so it's coming i, I was actually involved with a company out of australia called Visospace that's trying to do that with vr it's like it's basically a, a round disc that you stand mm -hmm. on and you just basically move your body weight forward and backward and that's how you locomote. And it was something that you could have for your home. So it's like the treadmill without all the treadmill gap. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so there's lots of stuff coming around this stuff. It's interesting. So um, la last topic for today, and this has been really fun, Chandra, we're, we're gonna have you back. But uh, <laughs> last, last topic for today has been going around on social and I finally tracked down the origin of it and, and it's a real thing which is VR goggles, I mean, uh, augmented reality headsets for dogs. Dog. Yeah, I love yeah, this. I, yeah, I love this, actually. Yeah. And of course, I was immediately self-debunking it without knowing what it was, because, you know, uh, if you've ever tried to put anything on a dog's head, you know that it is not going to stay there for very long. But <laughs> That's actually, a good point. from a company called Command Sight. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're an army contractor, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's, it's see what I see for dog handlers. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even have to be an army thing, right? Yeah. When your dog is 500 yards away and you can't- Hunting, you, know, you can use it whistle, for a lot of things. Yeah. You can talk to them using that, and, and they've added to it a, a see what I see sort of head-mounted camera. I don't know why it needs to be goggles, but I guess that's the factor that they chose. And so the camera, you know, allows the handler to both see what the dog is seeing and talk to them. So it's just, it's a great picture. It's a fun idea and it's ridiculously unglamorous. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty things. glamorous, actually. People I can are see very this. excited about it, apparently, because it's all I've seen on social media for the past three days. No, I've been looking at that. So I can see this, obviously, for defense and aerospace. Um, but also, you know, you could do um, ocean exploration, put these on gog goggles on dolphins, which we're mm. using for those things. 
let's go and see what's going on down there. Um, what happens, and I can see this for a lot of things actually, not just dogs. Let's go see what the elephants are doing. Um, you know, I, I don't know that PETA would love that we're putting goggles on dogs, but you know, there's some applications there that are good for the environment and, you know, ocean exploration for mining, if you pair it with some other devices like a handheld MRI machine, um, could be pretty valuable and dolphins are really easy to train. So I, that was what I thought immediately, but I like the, I like it. It's almost reverse AR. Well, yeah. And for, for years, they've been putting, you know, body cams on dogs, GoPros, right? The, yeah. The and this is actually so what this they're is seeing. Kind of the next step, right? They're yeah. essentially putting it in their visual zone. And what's really interesting is apparently they can train, you know, these are very highly trained animals, right? These are not mm -hmm. just like they're your home no, they're, yeah. um, They can set a marker on the dog that the dog will follow. So they essentially can guide the dog's vision. So if they're trying to rescue someone from a That's burning house or from a military really thing, good. they can, the dog will target to the dog. And they'll yeah. be like, like, make the dog look to the left, make the dog look to the right, which you can't really do with the camera on the dog's back. It's just a wide angle camera. So that to me was like the interesting part. I'm like, wow, they can actually train oh. the dog to look where you want the dog to look. And now it's kind of like game on, right? Like yeah. now you've so, got I mean, I also see this as having a lot of application in the intelligence world then. If you get it yeah. small enough so the dog looks just like a happy little stray dog, you know, you can send them all over the place. Or, to the, or uh, how about that drone that looked like a fly that started whispering right? like pence? <laughs> <laughs> Technology is good. Is that That's the most meme tech. moment of all time now? Is that the highest meme of all time? The, uh, I, I said, oh, that's Stephen Miller. That's the ghost of Stephen Miller. Oh, oh my God. Well, Funny yeah. enough, the goggles look a little bit like the fly glasses. And I was wondering exactly. if they'd model that after they a fly's did. eyesight. They insect's eyesight with multiple cams. So. Hey, Charlie, yes. Charlie, before, before we go today, because yeah. Chandra is involved in NASA, I want to I wanna show yeah. something to her and the world that I think you guys will all think is really right, Remember, most Love people are listening to a podcast, so you have to describe it. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen and show you this. Oh, I'm disabled. No, you oh. can't do that because of the way I we're... You can't do that. I'll have to send it to you after, but the story is... after, but describe it. The story is that years ago, we were invited to put one of the first VR cameras into the space shuttle into the discovery that's living in Los Angeles at the um, nice. museum there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, not the discovery, the Endeavor that's, that's mm -hmm. uh, living at the museum there. And um, we went there and we set up and it was all like super, super, you know, secure and everything because we were actually going in As the shuttle. With those. Yeah. In, into the <laughs> yeah. bay of the shuttle. So we went in and we put the VR camera in and they're like, do you want to sit in the, in the, the control of the, 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 the flight deck of the shuttle? Like they let like five people a year to do this, right? Because they just don't do this, right? They're like, oh my God, that would be amazing. They're like, okay, we're going to let you do it. So take off your shoes, take off your, you know, like be really careful and you go in there. And, mm -hmm. and basically I got to like hold the joystick and be inside the Endeavor and like, Almost no one, unless you're an astronaut, gets to do that. So I have some pictures I wanted to share with you. But it's oh, amazing. I'd love to see them, though. <laughs> it was, a, it was so. an unbelievable day. Like, it was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. As a kid that grew up in Florida, my uncle worked for NASA. Like, I'm, oh, a, wow. I'm a space kid. And I'm like, Kennedy. here I am inside the space shuttle. It was unbelievable. So I wish I could share it, but I can't. I'd love to see that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's and especially that they let you take photos. Actually, yeah, the guy <laughs> it's took an amazing part the there. They got a whole bunch of pictures of it. Yeah, it was very. <laughs>
Well, we'll <laughs> I'll put that along with the YouTube everybody. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Ted, I'll see you next Friday. Chandra, please come back and visit us again soon. Anytime. I'm always, the answer's always yes to you, Charlie. All right. Anytime. Thanks, everybody. Have a great <laughs> okay, week. Okay, take care. Cheers.